Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by Andrew WK. Andrew, how's it going? <laughs> Dude, I was thinking about a... <laughs> I was thinking about a... <laughs> I'm a joke. He just says that uh, one song about partying hard, right? That's, <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, I, I was reading his Wikipedia before we started this because I was thinking earlier about a character that's Andrew C.K. or Louis W.K. And I, I couldn't really put it all together, but uh, I've well, been they both wear black shirts, that. right? They both wear black shirts. Yeah. So um, he's walking around and he's like, why is somebody partying hard? Yeah. Why, why are we partying hard? It's, yeah. That's Louis W.K. Yeah, that's a that's a go, uh, that's then, a good character. We got a <laughs> or a guy a guy who instead of having blood coming down his face, it's just cum because he was jerking <laughs> off too much. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of legs to that character. I think that's one that people that people are going to be clamoring for him and uh, <laughs> him and Boys Town Pat Fitzgerald spending a night out on the town, really we intimidating him the back locals. In a while. Yeah, it's been a while for for Boys Town Pat Pat Fitzgerald. He's been out of commission. He had some. Uh, well, I haven't been to Boys Town in a while, which which also yeah. makes it harder. Yeah, you were you were recently banned from Boys Town for actions <laughs> that are totally understandable in the circumstances. Um, yeah, Pat Fitzgerald and, and, and Andrew Andrew C K are intimidating the locals in Boys Town. They're they're giving off a really uh, frightening vibe. They're telling people from across the bar that they saw them and they really like their look. Um, it's uh, it's an intimidating atmosphere certainly that they have created in uh, in Boys Town, and that's really what this show is all about: is creating an intimidating atmosphere. It's the FBI watch list. We've got our goddamn eyes on you. We're looking at Guantanamo Bay. We're looking at the most wanted list. Uh, we are looking at a slate of college football games that, Everyone's folks, is just, uh, it's not we'll good. See what you can do. Is that some sort Everyone's of music? What is this? Watching. Yeah, it's a song. It's a I've, song. I've not yet taken a dive into music, so I'm not familiar with any of that. Um, Ryan, this <laughs> slate is, uh, this slate's bad. It's not, it's not good. Yeah. Um, no thoughts. Let's just get this thing wrapped up as quick as possible. <laughs> get out of here. This oh, is a free man. show. You guys are you guys are the birds. Listen to you. Don't pay for our real show. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, look. There's there's some good there's some good games. We'll talk about some good games here. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you want the tease, the best games are in the evening slate. So you got to hang around till the end to hear our good shit. And really, first, honestly, look, the first e- half of the show it's gonna be awful. Yeah, the evening slate is even generous. It's really like the late night only. Evening slate has one game. Um, but yeah. the the late night folks, you just just wake up at noon, just sleep in on this. Actually, one and, I kind and... of I'm kind of interested in all three of these evening games at least a little. Oh bit. God, I there are I I'm interested in I will say one game in the evening slate and then two other teams that are included in our list of evening slate games. And if we could just swap out who's playing who and 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 uh, get the game between the two interesting teams, we would have something really going on. But we we uh, I fear do not have something going on. Can't um, be done. Yeah, we're going to start here with Friday. There are only two games that are at the FBS level, I want to say, this uh, during, during this week, which is uh, frustrating, I would say. I think that there are some games here that probably could have done really well on like a Thursday night um, that will instead be buried on, on Saturday behind better games. Uh, but Friday... Uh, and the Guantanamo Bay, which means the most locked-in game, it's Louisville at UCF, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN2. This is the most locked-in game because the other option includes New Mexico, and that's not uh, that's not going to be it. Um, I I don't have a great feel for this because I don't like either one of these teams, but I, it feels like UCF probably has an edge here because Louisville looked really bad, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Louisville looked awful, but... 
do you actually think UCF's good? Like, no, no. Obviously, I, I don't either. Like, so, so I guess that's the question: is is Syracuse? Like, I guess it, is it more likely to you that Louisville's with all this veteran talent is going to be really shitty all season, or that Syracuse is better than we thought? Man, are they that much better though? Are they thirty-one to seven better? Like, is that? That's yeah. that's a tough. It's not like Syracuse beat them, you know, thirty-four to twenty-four, and it was close into the fourth quarter. Like that was an ass beating. Uh, it was an ass beating. The, the kind that makes you sort of reevaluate everything that you think about a football team. Um, yeah. And uh, Louisville has been susceptible to week one nonsense before, and has has turned back around to become uh, a, a very competent six and six team. I, I believe um, they also have like four turnovers though, too, right? Like you see, turnover luck won't be that bad again. Yeah, and you see, I I. I don't think UCF is as good as Syracuse, right? I, I is that is that unfair? I mean, they're the same team, but Syracuse has F, or, uh, has a P five talent. That's that's sort of the difference. Um, they have the same quarterback. They have. I think Syracuse same... and, and and UCF are equivalently talented. I think that's yeah, difference. that's probably. Fair. I think Syracuse is slightly better because it has better coaches then, uh, which I I do yeah, feel confident I agreed on about. That. Yeah. Um, and also, I just. And I, but I, I don't, I don't know that Syracuse beat Louisville exclusively because it was better than Louisville, like you said, with the turnover luck. And so it, it's, this is a hard one to get a feel for. What's not hard to get a feel for is Ryan. Have you seen the news out of UCF last night? Uh, no. Dear friend of the show, a uh, guy who we just really love, guy who we always believed in. We knew that he was oh, going no. to uh, was going to work out at UCF. Terrence Lewis. He's in the transfer portal. <laughs> Oh no! It well, one week. Well, what can you do? We all had a good run with it. It's time to let him go. Yeah. Um. Best of luck to Terrence and the rest of his endeavors. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sure he'll be nothing but successful going forward. I mean, he is going to be really good at Jackson State, which is where he's going to end up, and they, that is the only program that could tame that young man. I, I, I honestly, I believe in Dion's ability to get him doing the right thing, but. Um, Gus Malzahn, as it turns out, was not the guy to uh, <laughs> to, to uh, mm. cure what ails Terrence Lewis, which uh, appears to be a myriad of things, I, I think. Um, I got, really quick, by the way, just to get back to this game, though, before we get into the big picture stuff. Mm. I guess my one thought, you, you're sitting kind of the same quarterback. Do you, I don't, I, maybe John Reese probably is Garrett Schrader, but the difference is they don't have a Sean Tucker, right? Yeah, yeah, they have a couple guys who they're hoping can kind of approximate a Sean Tucker, but uh, Isaiah Bowser is certainly not Sean Tucker. Um, they, I, I think yeah, there's no dudes. They just don't have any yeah, dudes on they, offense. The skill position wise, they have guys that they would like to be dudes. They have guys who are, you know, former blue chippers, guys, you know, South Florida guys all over the place, guys who in theory should be dudes. But it, I mean, it's been a while since UCF has had a guy at receiver who you're like, yeah, that guy's really good, right? It's like Gabe Davis was the last one who really stood out, and even he wasn't actually right. all that good. He was just sort of big. Um, yeah, better uh, pro than he is a than he is a college player. Yeah, and and so there is like I don't think Syracuse really has a whole lot going on at receiver either, but there is this feeling with UCF of like, are you guys ever gonna do anything with all this talent? It doesn't seem like you really ever do anything with it. You just sort of have it and assume that you're going to be good because of that, which is what we've talked about all offseason with them. But especially at the offensive skill positions, it's like, why do you have all these guys? You're not doing anything with them, and you went out and got a guy who can't throw the ball. I uh, I, I, I don't uh, – I certainly don't love UCF's offensive setup, but I don't really I'm, – I'm not especially confident in Louisville right now either. I, I don't have a great feel for this game. Yeah, I can't say that I do either. Um, it's they're just guys. I don't know. They just uh, these are just a couple of guys playing football. 
Um, I don't know. I, I guess I like the Louisville line a little bit, but I don't really feel good betting on that. Yeah. I have very few thoughts. I, I'm curious to see this game because if Louisville just is way worse than we thought, um, it begs the question of why. Like, what happened? Yeah. Uh, because they had almost everyone back. Like, a ton of guys are back for this team. Yeah, you, you didn't, I think at that point, you'd have to wonder if all of the, you know, recruiting momentum this offseason really covered up for the fact that coming out of last season, we were talking about Louisville as a disaster, as a program that the, you know, players were kind of revolting against their coaching staff, and uh, it seemed like Scott Satterfield did not have a good control over that program. Um, it, it seems like it could be a sort of a return to that, would be my immediate thought, is is that it was just... Yeah, they're that, returning to tradition. Yeah, just that that never actually left. We just got sort of distracted by some jingling keys, which was probably what he wanted. Um, I don't know I don't know how you convince a five-star running back to get on, on your, your scheme to jingle some keys in front of everybody, but he... Uh, he pulled it off, so good for good for Scott Satterfield, college football's yeah. uh, grifting king. Um, anything else on this one? No, don't watch this game. Oh, it's Friday night. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch you know. it, but be careful. Yeah, yeah, it's, make some plans. Hang out with a woman. Yeah, it's it's important to know. This is a public <laughs> service announcement. If you're going to watch Louisville UCF, you need to wear a condom. You cannot you cannot watch <laughs> this game raw. It's not. Uh, it's just not safe. You're going to get sick. Uh, most wanted Boise State at New Mexico, 9 p.m. CBS Sports Network. I've got some questions for Boise State. I've got some big questions <laughs> for Boise State. I'm. Uh, I'm worried. I'm officially worried about Andy Avalos. This has not looked great so far, and they it, I, I don't know what the plan is for Hank Bachmeyer. I feel like if you start him, that's kind of not great because he didn't look good at all last week, and the backup looked much better. Um, but I Boise State is in a is in a weird spot right now. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, Boise State's gonna be one of the least watchable teams in the country all season, right? Like that that backup quarterback. What's his name? Tavlin. Uh, what's his last name? Um, um, that's a great question. That's that's Taylor Davis. Is it Taylor Davis? I'm going to look that up while you, uh, while you continue uh, to talk about Boise, not being entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But I mean, it's, it is Taylor green, Taylor green. Is green. I'm looking for. Okay. Um, Taylor green is at least exciting a little bit, right? Like he's doing something kind of yeah. cool there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Boise state's just an, it's not just, uh, not Bachmeyer, but, uh, George Alani was like, you know, came out of nowhere as a, as a real weirdo too. Like I, I thought he was going to be better than he is. And yeah. I, I don't know what's up with him. Um, but generally this team just looks, like you said, it looks terrible. It looks like they totally squandered all the momentum they had previously. I, I think they're almost certainly going to have to bring in a new coach here. Yeah. I think they're probably going to need to leave the family, right? It, it seems like a lot of the issues that they are suffering right now, the, the, uh, struggles that they have are largely atrophy within the program. Like they're not developing guys the way that they used to. The recruiting it's, has yeah. not, yeah, the recruiting has not dropped off really in any meaningful way. But their defensive and offensive, mostly the offensive line has gotten significantly worse. The defensive line has still had some guys. The defense in general has still had some guys. But it seems like they're still identifying talent pretty well, and they're just not developing it in the way that they used to. They're not as creative as they used to be offensively. I think Tim Plow is is uh, pretty openly bad at the offensive coordinator. I'm not a big fan of his um and it, it does, tim plow yeah it does feel like they've sort of squandered a a class of now seniors here pretty badly with uh bachmeyer with george halani i don't know if he's in the same class but older guys who they've really just not done a whole lot with um 
I don't know that they're in a position. I don't know the financials of the school. I don't know that they're in a position to fire somebody after two years if Andy Avalos finds himself in that situation. But I, I certainly think after year three or so, if it's more of this, you would have to look not just at bringing in a new coach, but bringing in a new, a lot of things, you know, bringing in somebody who has not been in the program, who can do things a little bit differently than what they do right now. And in trying to uh, reinvigorate something that has become, I think, pretty stale in recent years. Well, it's like Clemson, right? It's copies yeah. of copies of copies. Yeah. It's yeah. just like when you, when you stop developing players at a certain point, like you just keep getting, like you said, some of players, some of coaches as well. You're just hiring their understudies. Yeah. Um, it gets stale, man. Like, like it's Boise state, your destination program, like a destination yeah. G5 program, at least like you should be able to bring in better players than this, better coaches than this. And I think, um, I think they've lost their way a little bit here. And I'm curious to see how they kind of go back to it and, and try to fix this. Yeah. I I'm curious too about who they would try to tab for that job i think that would be it's going to be a really interesting search we haven't seen an open boise state search that wasn't like you know either an an internal uh well i guess harson wasn't technically an internal hire but we haven't seen and avalos had been in the program but had left briefly but we haven't seen one where they're looking for somebody without the without the family in a really long time i mean like ever basically (laughs) and it's it's been it's been a minute and so i'm fascinated to see how these guys will operate on the uh, you know in those circumstances and who they would look to because i'm not sure that there is a super obvious answer right now. You know, there's not like a uh, an offensive coordinator at USC who everybody loves or something of that nature. There's there's just the the West Coast has not been producing that kind of coaching talent in the way that it did when Boise State was, you know, hiring like Chris Peterson or, or making hires like that, Dirk Cutter. Um, that uh, that well has kind of dried up, and so I'm curious to see where they're going to go with that. You mentioned Clemson as well. We didn't get the talk, the chance to talk about that on the recap, and I want to briefly. Um, God, those guys suck. God, it's really, really bad there. That <laughs> deeply shitty yeah. football team. That was truly horrendous to watch. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't even know what you say. Like, do you also? I mean, what is your read? Do you think it's DJ at this point? Like, do you, do you, I think it's much deeper than that. I think a lot of people just like clowning on DJ and I get why you do that. It's, you know, it's funny. Like he's a Clemson starting quarterback and he's awful, Yeah, but it seems like it goes a lot deeper than DJ. Yeah. It's, it's really hard for me to think that it's just him. Right. Cause you don't just, I mean, we've seen him be good. We saw him good in 2020. It's not like you just lose that. You don't just forget how to play quarterback. He was a five-star for a reason. He's obviously very physically gifted. It seems like he has the yips at this point, but I can't imagine that it's just him. I mean, they can't keep him upright. He has no time to throw, and his receivers stink, right? They, they don't have – there's no offensive talent there. I don't know where it all went, but outside of um, – Yeah, who's well, the, Bo Collins looked decent, I guess. Like, that's it. Yeah, outside of Will Shipley, there's just nobody on that offense, and the offensive line is really shitty. I don't even it's, think Will Shipley's that good, dude. No, it seems like Will Shipley is sort of the um, – He's like the Maryland football of people where it's just like, wow, look at the, look at this Will Shipley highlights. It's like, yeah, but what else did he do? It's, uh, you know, he had four carries for, for 75 yards and then 20 carries for 15 yards. It's like, well, that's not very good at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's not really what I wanted even a little bit. Um, he's like, do you remember those guys a couple of years ago who did all the, the fancy layups and everybody was like, these guys would be the best basketball players ever. My school needs to recruit them. And then they ended up at like Georgetown. They <laughs> ended up oh, at like uh, Texas Oh, it was like Tech. Mac McClung? Yeah, <laughs> Mac McClung. Will Shipley is the Mac McClung of college football. I'm sick of this guy. Yeah. He stinks. He's yeah. not, he's not actually good. He's just he's just there. 
um, he uh, he tricks you all. He's just he's just running around. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I love that. I love that. Though. It's a great quote. <laughs> it's uh, it's bad there. It's bad there in a way that does not, like you said, it does not seem like it's just the quarterback. It's um, you know they have copies of copies in a lot of spots. They have copies of the originals in other spots. Um, they have replaced two offensive coordinators who I don't really like all that much, who I didn't think are really all that creative with a guy who has learned exclusively from them, it seems like, who only knows their shit but doesn't know it even as well as they do. Um, they've done pretty much the same thing on defense with Brent Venables, uh, you know, replacing him with uh, whoever the schmuck they have there now is. They've just, like, every oh, position... the Englishman. Yeah, the Englishman. Uh, every position on that <laughs> staff is filled by, like, a former player or a guy who coached under a coach who left, and there are a couple spots that are still solid. I think they still produce pretty good defensive linemen. It's not been as good as it was, uh, certainly. People were really excited about this defensive line, and I did not see that on uh, on Monday. I think they're good. Um, but it's just uh, – it's it's shitty there. It's really shitty. It's it's. I don't think that there's enough talent in the ACC to really hurt them for it yet i think it's just going to get worse and eventually they will get to a point where they can lose six games in a season but uh, they're not going to beat the best teams in that conference they're not anywhere near that level anymore they just they don't play football like that yeah no 100 um I, I think it's i think it's very valid um i'm tired of dude i'm tired of get him out of here yeah get him out of here all right saturday noon um, fi- the final statement on Friday night is uh, probably don't need to pay a whole lot of attention to either of these, yeah. but if you're not doing also, anything else. Generally, like, let's get some better games on, on Thursdays and Fridays. Yeah. I know we had a really good slate this past week, but like, we can, I, I, and uh, the midweek games had to crank up later in the year, but we should have more of those, dude. They're great. Yeah, just just looking at the slate today, or on, on Saturday, Virginia, Illinois, South Carolina, Arkansas, um, like these are games that would go UTSA Army. These are games that could go on Thursday night and be yeah. valuable and be you know helpful. Wazoo and, and Wisconsin is one of the most Friday night games of all. Time. Absolutely, yeah, that would be a great Friday night game. And instead, it's you know getting the three thirty slot with four other games that I think are are roughly as watchable, if not more watchable. Um, yeah, we we've said this before, but we really need the we need the Thursday night back. Seeding that to the NFL, it doesn't make any sense. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. People will watch both things. You don't have to just pick one. You can you can you can put shit up on Thursday night, understanding that you don't need this to be a huge you know viewership victory. It's just it's something for people who don't really care about the NFL to watch, which of, of which there are you know, a lot. There are a lot of people who don't really care about the NFL. It's fine. You can still appeal to those people. Um, Anyway, Saturday noon, Guantanamo Bay game is uh, Alabama, Texas on Fox. This is going to be a fucking massacre. This is not going to be even close for a second. This is the the Guantanamo Bay game because it's the game that you're going to watch. It's the game that is sort of the default for everybody. This is a dog shit football game. Alabama is going to beat the piss out of these guys. It is not even going to be close. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I just hate betting on a game that's like a three touchdown spread because of weird shit that can happen late, but it really is tempting to bet on Alabama minus 20 and a half. It seems like one of the easiest gambles of the year. Yeah, I mean, I just watched four hours of Alabama this weekend because I was covering the Utah State game, and, and uh, <laughs> pretty much the only thing I took from it was the, they got better. This was the team in the national championship last year, and they got pretty, I think, pretty significantly better. The receiving room is still 
questionable, but Jameer Gibbs looks yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, they also played without Tyler Harrell and Cam Latu last week. Yeah, too. yeah, Cam Latu, who I think especially is going to be a pretty big part of the passing game. But, I mean, Bryce Young had like 10 seconds to throw every time he dropped back, and the defense looks fantastic. And uh, they got better, and Texas got Quinn Ewers, and that's it. A whole yeah. bunch of guys who got, were suspended. And they got a bunch of other guys, too. They got, I mean, but... They got a whole bunch of guys gonna... who are hurt or suspended now. Like they, <laughs> they went out and got yeah. Isaiah Nair, who's hurt. They went out and they got uh, Jaleel Billingsley, who's suspended for something he did at Alabama. Um, Pretty it, funny. They also the other uh, Jai Hall is suspended too. Yeah, right? Jai Hall. Boy, it seems like maybe not taking Alabama transfers would be a good start. <laughs> there's a, well, what can we do? <laughs> I think usually if somebody is transferring out of Alabama, there's a reason for it, and uh, it should be heated. Perhaps I, I'm not sure that there is a huge hit rate on guys who leave Alabama becoming good somewhere else. Um, I guess Kendall Sheffield worked out. Jalen Hurts worked out, but it's pretty rare. Did Kendall Sheffield like work out? I mean, he wasn't good. He started, but he certainly wasn't good. He wasn't bad. He wasn't a liability. I guess he was like an above average power five starter, which is like not, I wouldn't call it a smash success, but it's like not a total failure either. Yeah. Uh, I've I've seen some of those guys transfer, transfer to the G five level as well. And, and a lot of them have not had the kind of success that you would hope for them to have. Utah state has one itself who has not done a single goddamn thing this season so far. (laughs) Just, just sort of there. Um, But uh, Texas of course has built its entire team around that. So surely that will, uh, that will pay out for them. Um, I, I mean, this is this is not going to be good, right? On this actual football game, this is not going to be good. You, you, you mentioned the line. I feel pretty comfortable about Alabama winning this up to, like, 42 points. I, it, it would take a lot for me to not think that I would, I would take Alabama on that. Yeah, I think they're pretty dog shit. I think they are pretty dog shit. Um, how, about these, uh, how about these most wanted games? Yeah, so we've got two in the most wanted list here, one of which I would personally put as my number one game, which is Missouri at Kansas State, noon on, uh, on ESPN2. Um, I don't really know that Missouri can keep up here. I think Kansas State Yeah, Missouri State's, sucks, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I know, but the other options are also not really all that good. UTSA Army is probably the most interesting game in this entire slot from a football perspective. Uh, but I am curious to see if Missouri can keep up with Kansas State. I, I liked a lot of what I saw from Luther Burden, who was sort of that entire offense. Uh, I would like to see more of him. And then Deuce Vaughn on the other side is not the entire offense, but certainly a big part of it. Um, more. It's cool that Missouri just gets one guy every three or four years who it becomes their entire offense, and they yeah. never develop anything besides that. No, the, I mean this They'll year just they pick one guy. Yeah, this year they might have two because Mookie Cooper's also there. But uh, yeah, oh, they... he's not good. Though. He looked pretty shitty. I thought. Did he? I didn't watch yeah. that game super closely. I just, just sort of checked the uh, the. the I, I saw a couple line. Mizzou fans dogging him online. Uh... <laughs> Very funny. Very funny to do all that. Um, whereas if he had just picked Missouri straight out of high school, he would be below. He would be. They'd be building a statue for him. <laughs> yeah. Be all over him. Um, well, he shouldn't. He should. He ran from the grind, dude. I don't. I don't have any. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any affinity for anyone who runs from the grind. I mean, Cooper did. Yeah. Um. But I'm interested to see what Kansas State can do here against uh, better competition than it played last week. Kansas State is a team that I have my eye on this year just to see what they do. Um, I think that this one is going to be at least maybe competitive. And if it's not competitive, it will be instructional on Kansas State and probably on Missouri in a, in a negative sense. Uh, the other one here in the most wanted section is South Carolina at Arkansas, noon on I'm excited ESPN. for this game. I'm excited for this game. I'm concerned that it might have the same issue that Kansas State-Missouri does, where um, 
the SEC East team involved in this game is not any good and that they, they won't really be able to keep up. Um, yeah. I, I kind of think that, I mean, Arkansas just beat Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is quite a bit better than South Carolina is. One of the bets of the week for me, and I'll have this in our article coming out, uh, one of our, our premium gambling coming out probably at the same time you're listening to this, uh, is Arkansas minus six and a half in the first half. Uh, that is like a, it's an even money bet. I was at plus 100 whenever I took it. Mm. Uh, and South Carolina didn't score until it was like the final minute of the first half last week. Yeah, uh, Arkansas shut out Staddy the first half last week. They, they put up 14 of their own. Uh, I believe South Carolina led up 12 of their own last week. It just seems like crazy to me to expect that South Carolina is going to like hang with Arkansas during this first half. Yeah, uh, I, or at all. I think that's yeah. I think that's fair, and that's my concern about this one being watchable. Is I just don't know that South Carolina can really keep up here. I don't think South Carolina is even close to it, Arkansas's level. Maybe they are. Maybe that that was just week one jitters. But I mean, Spencer Rattler, I just don't think is that good. I think we have a large enough sample size on him to just say that he's just not that good. I guess to me, the answer is that it's a good second half game to watch because like if it was, if Kansas state and Alabama handle business in the first half, then like this is might be like once the game's totally out of reach, that's a Rattler can't possibly win it. He'll start looking like an NFL quarterback and yeah. start throwing some crazy darts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Jaheim Bell's fun to watch play. Like I like the league band a little bit. Like South Carolina has a surprisingly good number of skill players. It's just that they won't ever become a good offense because you know, they suck. Yeah. And, like constitutionally in their soul, they're just bad. Um, <laughs> They have the losers. They have losers DNA, folks. <laughs> but I think I think Arkansas will roll them. But I, I didn't get a chance to watch much of the Arkansas City game last week. I was already drinking for Ohio State, and it was kind of a large screen too far away for me. Yeah. So I didn't get to see it up close. I just kind of watched the extended highlights on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching Arkansas in full this week. That's the that's the ideal way to watch a college football game is with a TV that's just too far away for you from you to really <laughs> pick out what's happening, and also you're drunk, so you don't you already really kind of don't yeah. know what's going on. Um, you're just once every like once every ten minutes you're hearing like a murmur from someone close to the TV. And you're like, oh, what happened? They're like, oh, just touchdown. I was like, oh, sick. Oh. That's kind of the best way to watch a game. Yeah, that's that's the. Uh, that's the flipping the field model for watching football. Uh, no fly list. I honestly, I might watch this as the only, like my main screen game here. UTSA at army. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. CBS sports network. Um, army is doing some very cool stuff with their formational shifts. Uh, they motioned offensive linemen <laughs> against coastal Carolina, which I didn't think was allowed. I don't know how they're doing that. I guess their guys just weren't set. And so it doesn't, you can't technically, it's not motion. You're just changing your formation. Um, Maybe they were lined up as uh, as tight ends. I think that was there. what it was, was that they were unbalanced and then they shifted into balanced. But it was really cool all the same, and they, they just they have a bunch of cool shit. If you want to know more about some of the stuff that they do, uh, you should check out meetatmidfield.com and the story specifically, scheme standouts for week one, uh, which includes a, a thousand words on one army play that I found personally very, uh, very interesting. Um, so you have that on one side, and then on the other side, I think you have an extremely compelling UTSA team, specifically on offense with Frank Harris with that receiving core, which is really, really good. Um, I think UTSA is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be very competitive and really entertaining. Army is not a team you can really blow out very often, and so I, I think that this is probably going to be good all the way through. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, and I think UTSA also is even better than I thought they were. Uh, kind of when we started this up last year, I, I didn't really expect. Um, 
I don't really expect UTSA to, to be as competitive as they were with Houston. And they, I mean, incredibly competitive, obviously took them down to the wire. I, I guess I thought losing to McCormick and Barry Lunny was going to be a bigger deal than it was. Yeah. Um, but I, I am definitely excited to see what, uh, what these guys have uh, in store for army. Um, it's going to be a good ball game. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. I also, I don't know if I told you this, but one of my clients at work is a big UTSA fan. Let's go. Too. Hell yeah. Uh, so he's been telling me, yeah, he's been telling me about the, uh, the games and all that. And he said he was pretty pumped this past one. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. You know who else is pumped about uh, the Army uh, and about all of our military service members worldwide, mm-hmm. about kind of everything related with the military industrial complex? And yeah. it's, it's, in fact, a major part of it. One of like the underpinning yeah. pieces of the military. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe they actually have a huge military contract, if memory serves. Yes. Because of you course, it. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see if I say it. Because of course, they need they have the the patented very soft Kevlar that they were using for, uh, among other things, they can use for vests, but also chastity belts and things of that nature. And of course, folks, if we're talking chastity belts, you know we're talking home field apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. It's the vintage collegiate apparel that you need in your life. The Army collection yes. is our is our featured collection of the week. Uh, you need to support the troops at more now more than ever. You need to support our troops abroad. I <laughs> don't even. A lot know. of you don't know this, but me and Patrick always podcast too, wearing green berets uh-huh. that are that are designed by by Home Field Apparel. We were actually also the last two guys left in Afghanistan, which I don't think a lot of people realize, but we were the last no. ones over there. Um, That's why the, our movie was called Lone Survivors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, it's it's interesting. I don't actually know where the army is too right lo- now, oh, but really uh, too lone, too survive. How about that? Mm, getting somewhere. I think we're. I think we're. We're getting somewhere. Um, I don't know where the army is right now, but I can only assume that it's an extremely good place to be. It's very valuable, and the only way to honor that is by buying a uh, shirt, <laughs> by buying home field apparel shirts. And if you have never done that before, um, you are a monster. But also, you should use the code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off. Make yourself feel a little bit better about the fact that you are so far behind the times. Homefieldapparel.com, meet at midfield, code for 15% off your first order. Uh, and I believe actually 100% of the proceeds do go directly to funding the uh, United States military, military industrial complex. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Because they said um, it's messed up that we don't get enough pussy for our veterans anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what they're, that's their foundation. That's what they're funding. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked their uh, their crossover with Black Rifle Coffee as well. I thought that, that was really <laughs> a cool uh, a cool collection there. I, I enjoyed that. Well, um, they said they, ex- they they do employ. Uh, I think it's like almost half of their staff are former veterans, um, but they only <laughs> hire the ones that have Punisher tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, you you have to have you, they they give them like a uh, you know a, a test to see how severely uh, damaged they have been by their time in war, and if you get a certain percentage or above, then it's an immediate you you're hired. They call on-site. it the firework test. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's the same. It's the same test to see if you qualify for a service animal is the one that you have to take before you can work at home field. <laughs> anyway, homefieldapparel.com uh, cannot confirm or deny that their one hundred percent of their proceeds do go to the military or that they only hire the most disabled veterans. It's hard to say for sure, uh, but we do know that you can use code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off your first purchase. That's homefieldapparel.com and homefieldapparel on Twitter. Uh, we love we love the troops, folks. We love they them. also we love the troops. Make sure d- don't forget that if you order over one hundred dollars and use the meet at midfield code, they will include um, fake 
like uh, patches hmm. for you to steal valor with. They're That's... gonna put like. That one is actually, I'm going to say, not true because that would require that they have to do something, and I can't, uh, I, I can't, uh, I can't say that because then we might actually get in trouble. So that one is not true. But we'll, we'll send oh, you a patch okay, okay. if you send us proof that you spent $100 <laughs> at Homefield and used the code Meet at Midfield for 15% off. I will personally rob a, a veteran and send you his stuff. I will. Uh, and- I, it's, and we'll I'll hire a different one to sew it on your clothes. For yeah, you too. I was going to do that anyway. I would do that for free. <laughs> so if you give me a reason, I'll I'll do it twice. I'll <laughs> I'll go out there. I'll spend all day at the homeless encampment. I'll just be robbing guys. It's over. Uh, Guantanamo <laughs> Bay. After thing, really, before we get to this, before we get to this, if you're a veteran who thinks you can kick Patrick's ass and you live in the state of Utah, DM me exclusively, and I'll set up a meet for you too. I'll I'll arrange us some kind of like meet meet a fan, mm. Patrick. We're gonna Patrick do some sort of. Uh, we're gonna do some sort of midfield <laughs> meeting of some kind. Uh, we're gonna good. we're that's gonna good. we're gonna do something of that sort. Um, if only there was a website that cost twelve ninety nine a month that could provide that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, afternoon Guantanamo Bay, Tennessee at pit three thirty p.m. on ABC. Um, this is good, right? This is good. I like this. This is fun. I'm 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 interested in this. I kind of think that Tennessee might roll after seeing Pitt last week, but I know that that's like a, that's probably not true. That Pitt is probably better than what we saw in week one and Tennessee beat a really bad ball state team. And we don't really know much about it yet, but um, this is fun, right? That this, this seems good. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to see it. Um, I think that, like you said, I don't know, but here, here's my thing is like Pitt's defensive line is just so deep. And I think they can rotate guys so much to get after, uh, Hinden Hooker, which is going to be a pretty fascinating uh, matchup yeah. to see. Yeah, because I, I still don't think that that Tennessee's offensive line is necessarily going to be what we expect, right? Like, yeah, there's there are still some major questions there, uh, and, and if they can improve on that, then they they might have a shot to be a really good football team. But I don't know, man. Like, I I, I just I I think Tennessee's going to probably roll on Pitt. Just doesn't have the offensive firepower right now. I don't think Keaton Slovis is uh, the guy. You know what I mean? I don't think he really has it. Um, I don't think the receivers have it this year. Uh, I like Jared Wayne a little bit. I still don't like Adam Unfield at all. And with Brody Hammond out, who raises the tone for them physically and running the football, Mm -hmm. that offensive line kind of looked pretty sus for Pitt as well. I think Tennessee just going to find a way to win. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see Pitt defense Pitt's defense against Tennessee's offense. That's sort of the main attraction here. I don't really care about the other side of the ball. I think that's going to be sort of a, a movable object against a uh, what's the other thing um, stoppable force. Uh, but yeah, the other side is is work. a uh, is a really interesting chess match between two uh, you know kind of leaders in the field of their respective uh, sides of the football with uh, Narduzzi and uh, Josh Heupel. So I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in the matchup of Tennessee's offensive line against a defensive line that I do think is uh, yeah. much better, certainly, than the, than the Tennessee front. Um, but Tennessee is not, you know, uh, incapable of designing plays around that. We've seen them do it before. Right. So I'm, uh, I'm interested. I think that this is going to be a really just good fun to watch um football game that has a lot of depth to it that has a lot of stuff going on that we can look back on and and probably learn a decent amount on both teams from uh this this feels like the kind of game to me that is going to be kind of telling for both teams i think really quick did you see that um former tennessee athletic director or sorry head coach and and maybe athletic director i'm not really sure the whole thing up there uh philip fulmer 
posted his Starbucks drink order this week. Do you see? No, this? I did not see that. What is what, what's he what's he working with? Well, he he runs the account uh, on Instagram at Starbeast Drink Ideas, <laughs> and, and he ordered he calls it the Gringotts Dragon Frappuccino. Okay, uh, Patrick, uh-huh. which is, uh, is how to order. Here's what you say: You say, "Hi, can I get a venti strawberry and cream frappuccino with Java chips, three pumps white mocha, and dragon fruit inclusions?" Add extra strawberry puree to the cup and on top, please. Oh, Optional. God. Top with Java chips or change the above Java chips if you crumble. What has to happen to you to do that? Like, what has to happen to you to a person, as a person to do that? If you're going to do that shit, at least do it on the app so that they can just fucking read it off instead of having to listen to you stumble through. I need the Java chips. Can I get the Java chips? And also, Are you getting the Java chips or the, the crumble? Which one are you going can with? I get the, can I get the, drag, the dragon fruit on it as well? Like, just you need to do that on the app. You can't do that in person. You're a, you're a really nasty individual if you do that in person. That's, um, boy... <laughs> I hate I hate hearing that. That's really that's really bad. Um, yeah, personally, uh, the, the problem, of course, is that you know, unfortunately, it, none of our listeners go to bars because they're too scared to talk to the bartenders. Yeah, yeah, and also the uh, hosts of the podcast. Uh, it's really all the <laughs> way around. Um, personally, I uh, like like a two thousands comedian. I like coffee flavored coffee. Uh, that's that's my mm. thing. I'm gonna become one of those guys. I'm gonna. Yeah, Coffee called, is a baby's drink. Is that uh, is that the what, what do you, what's your substitute? What are you working with then? If you're not gumming pre workout directly for energy, like <laughs> oh you need oh I need a nice tasting beverage. I need a little warm beverage to warm me up in the morning. Yeah. Just get the caffeine and get out of there, dude. Yeah. It's a, I'm a utilitarian guy. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm gonna do the Andrew Tate speech where he's like, mm-hmm. if you have you heard? I know obviously he's evil, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Have you heard his bottle of water take that he does? No. That he says, if you're a grown man, you shouldn't be carrying around a bottle of water because if you need to hydrate, you should just chug the whole bottle of water and throw it away immediately. You don't need to be carrying it around. It's ridiculous to carry around a bottle of water. <laughs> it's 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 feminine to carry around a bottle of water. <laughs> guy at the gym with a 12 pack of plastic water bottles in his backpack he just keeps pulling out a new one and crushing it after each set <laughs> wow this man is hydrated as hell damn that's crazy <laughs> that's, that's awesome it's it's uh it's it's very cool to imagine what has happened to that man's kidneys i i i, I enjoy that after years of being kicked and then also drinking 45 bottles of water a day that's uh that's good shit right there um, do we have anything else on Tennessee Pitt? Would it would, uh, no, I guess, I guess, I guess we both pick Tennessee to win. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, most wanted We've been too much this year. We got to argue some more. All right. Uh, most wanted Washington state at Wisconsin. Shut 3- the fuck up. Three <laughs> 30 <laughs> PM on Fox. Um, Washington state did not look super encouraging last week i would say it's Uh it's uh maybe not the end of the world given it was week one but didn't look great wisconsin also did not look great final score was not uh did not reflect that but wisconsin is as wisconsin was i think um i think this remains interesting for the same reasons it was interesting back in like june when we were looking ahead of this game I'm curious about Washington State's passing attack against Wisconsin's defense that's that's pretty much it don't care about what happens on the other side of the ball this is just sort of the one thing that I'm looking at here. Yeah, I want I want kind of an indicator of what Wisconsin can handle this season, basically, like what they're capable of uh, against what quality of team. 
um, because I am still interested in Cam War- Cam Ward, even just if the week one was not very much a highlight. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see what they have, what they have in store. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I really didn't learn much with these teams week one. Like you said, like Washington State looked worse than I thought they would. Um, but again, the team just kind of still to me comes down to Cam Ward. Like that's just the whole team. Yeah. Right. Like they don't have any other guys. It's just him. Yeah. Yeah. If and if he's, he's if he's not playing well, then like I don't really know what the appeal is there. And, yeah. Like if, uh, if he's, I would even go further to say like if he's not basically like a Heisman level player, this team is like is going to struggle like a whole game. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the final score of the Washington State game last week, for those of you not aware, was twenty four seventeen against Idaho. Cam Ward was twenty five of forty for two fifteen and three touchdowns. It's not like the end of the world. It's not bad, but it's certainly not what you want it's it's not as good as we were sort of uh hoping for i think so yeah this is this is interesting i think we're gonna another one where we can learn something about washington state i don't think that it's possible to learn anything about wisconsin we know everything there is to know about wisconsin they same fucking team as always yeah, it's the same team as always they're going to do what they always do um but washington state's interesting they're worth watching on their own uh no fly list houston at texas tech 4 p.m on fs1 interesting game Really interesting game here. Um, Houston with a chance to claim a P5 win over a P5 team that probably isn't very good yet. Texas Tech with a a big opportunity to make a statement within the state of Texas uh, early on in a new tenure. I don't expect it's going to do that. I think that that Houston's probably going to smother Texas Tech in this game, but that's not how it went last year. So it's uh, worth keeping an eye on, certainly. Yeah, um, I, I do think Houston maybe is a better team than they looked like last week, and, and I think coming out of that win and getting a win on the road like that uh, in a um, in a overtime game uh, may give them some juice to to come back and I think show out a little more what we expected from them early in the season. I, I don't think that's maybe necessarily indicative of their quality that past game, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what they look like um, in a full game against Texas Tech. Um, I don't know, Clayton too could stand to be a little bit better here, yeah. but I don't think Texas Tech is has kind of the offensive threats that uh, UTSA has right like they don't have the, the playmaker of Frank Harris anywhere that offense yeah and I certainly don't think they have the the defense to really hold up to what we expect to be you know a good Houston offense that was uh, up for debate last week I think it had its moments of being good it had other moments where it was not very good but I just I I is this crazy I think UTSA's pass rush is better than Texas Tech's right no I don't think it's crazy at all I agree with it um and the defense in general I think is better I mean UTSA is a better football program than texas tech is um objectively i think they do a better job of pretty much everything that they do they are a better version of what texas tech is trying to do um and maybe texas tech will get there at some point but i have not seen that yet it's been one game but uh, i i think houston wins i think houston probably wins fairly comfortably but i am interested because if they don't if they struggle here again then then it is time probably to lower expectations for houston even in a close win uh, whereas they come out and, and, and blow Texas Tech out here or, or just sit on them and, you know, it's like a like a 27 to 10 kind of game, then, then mm-hmm. I think that Houston is about what we thought it was and UTSA is quite a bit better. That would be my, my takeaway from this. So UTSA stands to benefit quite a bit from the early slate here. If it can beat Army and then also have Houston beat the hell out of Texas Tech, um, I'd be feeling very, very good about UTSA at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. And I think I already felt pretty good about them, right? Like, yeah. I, I think I think our, our perception is pretty good as it is. But I'm very curious to see this game. Um, the other one on at 4 o'clock is Virginia at – sorry, one of the other two at on 4 o'clock yeah. – is Virginia at Illinois, uh, which is on ESPNU. Um, very, sun, very fun I, styles game here. A lot of very different style te- of team. 
Yes, very much so. Uh, Brennan Armstrong is going to be running for his life. Uh, and I, I think based on the way the Illinois defensive line looks, I, I know they had a breakdown in the last two minutes against Indiana, but I thought generally the Illinois defense was pretty impressive against IU uh, yeah. this past Saturday. Yeah, what think, did you think of that team? I think they had 58 really good minutes and then two absolutely disastrously bad minutes, um, which yeah, is... which you just can't do. Yeah, disappointing, certainly, if you're, if you're Illinois, to play 58 really good minutes and then blow it in the last two. Um, kind of yeah. also I mean, what Virginia, happened. Virginia struggled with Richmond week one. So. Yeah, Virginia did struggle with Richmond. I believe Brendan Armstrong had a good game though, didn't he? He had uh, he was twenty one to thirty three for two hundred forty six yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, and also had ten carries for one hundred five in their score. That's uh, that's what I was thinking of was the the rushing, which was he's just of... the whole offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he is the whole thing. In the same way that Chase Brown is basically the whole thing for Illinois. So yeah. who do you think's better, Chase Brown or Brendan Armstrong? I'm I'm thinking Chase Brown. Yeah, it's this could be sort of a game state situation here where if Illinois falls down early, it doesn't have the firepower to get back up where, you know, yeah. Virginia fires off a quick 14 because Brendan Armstrong makes two really good plays. I could see that, but I, I think that Illinois is probably the more reliable of the two because of the way that it can get its yards through Chase Brown, who even in, in a loss against Indiana had a really good game. I mean, he ran for 200 damn yards. Um, the rushing game is as it, as advertised. It is really good. It's just, uh, can you not blow it in the last two minutes defensively? And can you give yourself maybe just a little bit more room than that at the end of the game? Could you get to 24 points or something just a little bit better than, than where they were, uh, put some of those, those drives that end at like the 30 into the end zone, or at least in, in for three. Um, I, I think Illinois is probably going to win i guess i feel better about illinois than i do about virginia but it's not by a ton i I think that this is going to be pretty compelling even if it's not like high quality football i I think it's going to be close yeah yeah i get that um i i am curious to watch it i'll probably have this kind of a flip game during this window this is basically the best window of the day to me like there are there are four or five games that i could argue are compelling based on how the game plays out yeah um that i'm willing to watch it and i'm kind of gonna flip between um the the fourth of those that we have on here uh, outside of what we've already talked about yeah. um, is <laughs> going to be maybe the most disgusting game of the week. It's mm-hmm. Iowa and Iowa state. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your expectations here? Cause I, I know your bet on this game and I am fascinated to talk about it with you. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, so my, my bet on this game, if I'm remembering correctly, which I sent it, uh yesterday which means it has left my brain forever is i believe i took the mm-hmm. over on 41 and a half didn't i 40 and a half 40 and a half yes um, over on 40 and a half yeah my reason yourself to the people my reasoning here is very very simple um it's really hard to not score 40 points <laughs> in a football game <laughs> It takes some fucking doing not to uh, not to have that happen, especially in a football game that seemingly every year includes two interception returns for touchdowns and a fumble return for a touchdown and a punt block that they take for a touchdown. Like this is the kind of game where they love to get points off of not being good at offense. These teams absolutely love to score points without needing their offense to do it. Um, And so I have to think that there is a, a very possible world where this has points in it where this has enough points to get to uh to cover that because that line is so low that's such a low line which was sort of my reasoning is that like i said you i mean it's not that hard to get to 41 even with two really bad offenses i don't know i whenever i see one that low i'm, I'm very 
uh, eager to take it usually because it's just really hard to stay under 40. 40 is such a low number. 40 is an incredibly low number, but I mean, have you seen the numbers on Spencer Petrus, uh, Petrus, whatever the fuck they call him, uh, since the Penn State game last year? Do you see this tweet that I posted? Since, since I cursed him on Twitter. <laughs> since I cursed him on Twitter. Since I doomed okay, him. Since that game, he has started every single game for Iowa, mm-hmm. and he has thrown one touchdown pass. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like a lot of games. It's like half of last season. He has thrown one touchdown pass and has I I'll pull up I'll just pull up the tweet to make it easier for myself here. Yeah. Um instead of just trying to remember this off my off my really faulty memory. Yeah. Um good God. Here's that's a tweet really from, from the Athletics uh Scott Doctorman. Did he delete it? Uh no, I got it. Okay. Okay. From the Athletics Scott Doctorman. Since beating Penn State, Iowa has as many touchdown passes, three total, as its defense special teams do. Uh-huh. Two of those touchdowns belong to Alex Padilla, the backup. <laughs> Over that nine-game span, Spencer Petras has one touchdown and eight interceptions. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's so shitty. I mean, at least one of those interceptions you can turn into a touchdown. That's seven points right there, baby. That's uh, Now now we're, we're already cooking. Spencer Petras is going to get you on the board regardless. It might not be for Iowa, but he can get you on the board. Um yeah, no, he's really bad. I know he is. I, I'm, I'm under no illusion that Iowa or Iowa State is going to be good at offense. But Iowa's going to win, and we know that. And I think Iowa State's capable of scoring like 17 points. So it's not that much of a stretch to see Iowa get to 24 uh, to, to get it to cover. Like, Iowa's going to win. And so it's just, you know, we need Iowa State to for this to hit to score 17 to 20 points, at which point anything Iowa does above that would be enough to cover. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't know, dude. That's just like, I, I don't. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I just don't think it's gonna be that many points. I think it's gonna be like a six to three win for Iowa. Um, These teams are never that. They're never that clean against each other, though. It's never that crisp. It's it's the defense is never that good. It's it's always a a messy game where there are stupid mistakes largely on Iowa State's part but this is a game points I mean maybe you're right but 40 I mean let me let me look at the what are the recent let me pull up the recent scores between these two because I it feels like every year they score way more than people expect because this is always a game where they're both way too amped up and they make a whole bunch of stupid mistakes that lead directly to touchdowns Um, so in the last here the combined scores the last like five years so uh, last year it was 44 combined points. Iowa won 27-17. Uh, the year before that it was uh, 35 combined points. Iowa won 18-17. Yeah. The year before that it was 13 to three. Iowa won. Uh, the year before that it was an offensive explosion as it went to 44-41. Yeah. Um. So, uh, 2016, 42-3, uh, 2015, 31-17. So, so twice it's it gone- hasn't. Twice it hasn't covered this. Twice hasn't covered this, including two of the last three, though. Yeah, and the and like in the, in the last one went over by four points. Yeah, listen, uh, over by four points still that, over by four points still counts. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, if you look basically, if you look back in the last like ten years, or go back to if you go back all the way back to, let's see here, 2007, last 15 years, it's like 50 50 whether it goes over or not. Yeah. That's you know what? That's fine. I I, that's, that's, I guess that's how I set the line. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> it's fine by me. Yeah, it's uh, I I don't know. I feel like we're just uh, 
I don't really have a ton of thoughts on the actual game itself. I'm not going to watch it. No, I, I'm not I don't, interested. I've not. Yeah. I don't have actual money on this. I would not ever do that. But uh, <laughs> for the sake of that's the, that is haram, by the way, for you to not bet actual money on your picture putting into the. Uh, into personally, the... I like college football and I like to have fun watching it. I don't know about you guys, but I like to have fun watching college football, and I don't need to lose money to do that. I could. I can lose mm-hmm. money easily. I don't need to. I don't need to also ruin college football for myself by <laughs> losing Whatever. money on college football. Uh, besides that, there is one other game you missed in this window we didn't talk about here. I don't is know if you just so? chose to abscond with it, but uh, I have App State at Texas A&M. Oh, this is a watchable game. Yeah, I uh, I thought about it. I I've seen this game too many times to include it. Um, because for as much as I like Appalachian State in general, I don't love their execution. I think that they kind of didn't do a great job against North Carolina defensively, specifically, obviously. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, for as much as I love Appalachian State, we have seen this game before. Texas A&M is just going to bum rush Chase Bryce right for sixty minutes. It's he's going to get sacked like eleven times. I've, I've seen this. I've seen this game enough. I have seen uh, kind of mid. SEC team, but has a whole bunch of five stars, top 10 classes consistently going up against uh, an upstart G5 that has what seems like a really good foundation, seems like they have everything going in the right direction, and they just can't get anything going offensively because they're pressured every single time they drop back. Louisiana against Texas last year was a lot like this. Um, we have a couple of these every year. I have been tricked enough to know that I should not get my hopes up for this because I just I don't think App State's going to have the time to, to throw the ball. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, uh, all right. That's the afternoon slate. Evening slate. I'm going to need you to explain yourself that you like all three of these games. I don't I don't understand that. Guantanamo Bay, the good game. I guess I wouldn't say I like them. I probably used the word, wrong word there. I, I do find them to be, at least there's something compelling to watch. I see. You are aroused by them. Uh, yes. Okay. So Guantanamo in Bay. In a spiritual sense, I'm tantrically in a link to these games. Yeah, we're we're rock hard for Stanford. Uh, Guantanamo Bay, Kentucky at Florida, 7 p.m. on ESPN. This is good. I like this. I I, I I'm hoping. Well, Kentucky I used wins. to like it, but then then Mark Stoops is playing small boy ball and won't bring uh, Chris Rodriguez off the off the suspension. Oh, is I didn't know he was even. I didn't know he was suspended. What did he get suspended? Yeah, for? they have. Uh, he. It's unclear. I think there was some. DUI situation. I don't remember. Okay, but, sure. Uh, he's been in multiple games now. I mean, like, if we're not going to play him, what are we doing? Like, yeah, you're not going to win. I don't know. I mean, it seems like they have a whole bunch of running backs who are the same guy. I guess. Well, the bet here is just like, does Florida do that? Does Anthony Richardson play well two weeks in a row? Especially he's never against done it before. A, another good physical defense. You know, this is yeah. this is uh, Kentucky and Utah are kind of kissing cousins a little bit, and I, I think that there's. You know, that's a lot of physicality back-to-back for a a Florida team that we're not yet sure about the stability of the foundation, (laughs) I think. Um, That's a lot of physicality back-to-back, which I think is the thing that is working in Kentucky's favor. Will Levis also did play well against Miami. You know, he's not somebody who we like, but he does throw the ball. I mean, he threw the ball 303 yards, 32 attempts, 21 completions, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, Cavassier Smoke and Jutan, Jut, is it Jutan McLean? Uh, Jutan McLean. Yeah, yeah it's, they're, it's they're not. Neither of them are Chris, Chris. Yeah, neither of them are Chris Rodriguez, obviously. But I think that they're both capable. Um, they did. I lose... was pissing off my friends a couple weekends ago. Sorry, I just cut you off again. No, you're here, fine. But, uh, we, we went to a bar in Columbus that's 
uh, spelled M-O-U-T-O-N. Okay. And they were insisting it's pronounced mutton, like right. the deer meat. Yeah. Uh, and I kept saying it very, I kept saying an increasingly French accent. I kept saying mouton. Yeah. We're going to a mouton. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like just that. pissing them off more and more. I yeah. like that. Uh, it's a, fu- a fun thing for a guy like me to do. Yeah. Um, in the news, Kentucky, yesterday, I believe, I don't know if you saw this, but Ramon Jefferson, the FCS transfer up from Sam Houston State, All-American at the FCS level, uh, appears he has torn his ACL, so he is out for the year. So, uh a lot for not much there uh, for, uh, for for Kentucky. But I do still like McLean. I do still have some interest in Cavassier Smoke. I've kind of seen enough of Cavassier Smoke, but he's not like bad. He's just not good. Um, Tavion Robinson, I think, is going to be pretty valuable for them. I think Kentucky can still win this game even without Chris Rodriguez. I think the defense is still fine. But uh, there is definitely, with Florida all season, there is going to be the wild card of, is Anthony Richardson going to be Richardson going to be good or bad in this game and it's it's sort of a flip of the coin he might be good he might also be very bad it's hard to say yeah I, I don't know like I mean he certainly looked very impressive in that first week but yeah. I, I just think a lot of people are buying really fast on him and I, I don't know that I'm there it seems like a lot I, of people just... were really ready to do that like people who maybe pretended all offseason that they don't like him because of peer pressure and they thought well I don't nobody else likes him so I have to not like him either or else I'll get made fun of for being reddit and pff um which are one and the same, and uh, and then immediately as soon as he has one game, good game, it's it's uh, off the wagon. He's good, you know. I'm I'm off the uh, the anti uh, Anthony Richardson wagon. Like no, we're holding fast here. I have not seen enough to think that Anthony Richardson is is good to this point. He he had a good game. He had good games last year. He had good moments last year. I need to see it several times. I think. Yeah, fair enough. Um... I'm on the same boat as you. I'm just out on him generally, but I mean, I guess I'm willing to give another shot. I'm curious to see this game, and I think Kentucky is, I mean, better than they were getting credit for week one. I'm curious to see kind of what they got this week. Yeah, I mean, Um, if if Anthony Richardson turns around and wins the Heisman, I'll admit that I was wrong. (laughs) We'll we'll cross that bridge if we get to it. I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Most wanted, USC at Stanford. Uh, what I was saying earlier is if we could just grab Oklahoma State from the Arizona State-Oklahoma State game that we're going to talk about in the no-fly list and put them up against USC, I think we'd have a great football game. But unfortunately, we can't do that. It's USC at Stanford, 730 on ABC. This is getting the primetime billing, which is a reflection of the week. Um, I mean, USC is going to win like really comfortably, right? I tend to think so, but... I don't know. It is a terrible USC. Like it's 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 USC, right? Like they always yeah. like manage to fuck up these kind of games. And say which one about Tanner McKee, he's bad, of course, but he is at least a quarterback who can throw the ball downfield, which USC has like stopped like one time ever. You know what I mean? Like USC mm-hmm. just is constitutionally incapable from stopping the pass. And they, so, they brought in Bryson Shaw. He's a difference maker. Don't you know? Yeah. Bryson Shaw is a difference I'm, maker. <laughs> I'm going Bryson Shaw mode. I don't know. A uh-huh. lot of people are real hyped up about a win over Rice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious to watch this game because Tanner McKee first week went 22-27 for 308 yards, which is, I mean, not nothing. The, the, <laughs> it's not like they, they played anyone like uh, mm-hmm. super impressive. They played Colgate, but, I mean, it's still still a game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to watch it for sure. I want to see how Stanford looks this season. Um, I'm not all that sold on US, USC and, and like USC's favored by nine points here, which is a kind of weird line. I don't know. I'm. I, I just want to see before I believe USC is going to go win a game on the road against a team that's at least like halfway decent. Let me just see them prove. Yeah, I I could see this as being closer than it really should be, but I could also 
pretty easily see this as the kind of ass beating that you get in that you get in games like this sometimes where there's not a there's yeah. not another uh great primetime slot and so they just pick a big brand against a conference opponent and so you get things like uh oh Ohio State Michigan State in primetime on ABC oh it's 56 to 3 oh that oh, come was... on that game was that game was Michigan State was like a top 15 team. Okay, the game I was actually the the game I should have said was the Nebraska game a couple years ago. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. The, that's that. This is Ohio State Nebraska to me. I, I think that there's a very good chance that USC just beats the hell out of them. Like USC, uh, given a primetime opportunity specifically to beat the hell out of Stanford, uh, does so, <laughs> and everybody gets to do their narratives for a week about USC beating back um, until they actually play somebody. But that, uh, that feels to me like the most likely outcome here. I guess that that still has value to people. People are going to really like to like to write their USC is back stories. Everybody loves to do that. Texas plays these games like every year, Texas loves to play games like this. And so I think that this is just USC's USC's version. Uh, Uh, the other one off the other PAC 12 game, we got Arizona state or Oklahoma state. Yeah. uh, Both two PAC 12 teams that we cannot get enough of. Um, Am I insane for asking why the over under this game is 58 points? Yeah, I mean that that's that's high. It, it's no, it seems like it should be like I mean, Oklahoma State scored 58 on their own last week and gave up 44. Yeah, I know. I was I was not I was not saying that it's high like being that it's over, just that that's a high number. Um, yeah, yeah. I, this this kind of. I think there's sort of some residual stuff with Oklahoma State, people thinking like, well, they did hold Central Michigan to 15 points in the first half. You know, maybe that's just that they, they <laughs> fell asleep at the wheel. Um, I I mean, can Arizona State score? I don't think Arizona State can really score. So you'd they probably... They put up 40 week one, I, who I guess. Did they, who did they game. play? Was it Northern, Northern Arizona? Arizona? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not. they're not going to win the game. I mean, they're definitely going to lose the game. It'd be really like, funny if they did. <laughs> That would be really good if they won. I think yeah. I would like that. Um, but they can certainly put up points. I mean, that's that's all I'm saying. Is there could be like a second half kind of. They have like a bunch of young receivers that are that are highly rated, like top 100 guys. That they could just throw the ball too. Yeah, I don't know. I could see a late points that go over. I think this goes over. I just don't think it's gonna be a competitive football game. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's probably fair like a like a 56 to 25 kind of game. I don't know how the fuck they get to 25, but that's the number that I yeah. say. So. Uh, we're going to 56 to 25. That's that's the pick. Here. All right, that's the official flipping the field prediction. <laughs> uh, how would 25. they even? How would they even do that? Well, um, it's they score four touchdowns, but they miss three of the extra points. That would be pretty good. Um, yeah, I think also a possibility is that they score three touchdowns and then they get two different safeties. I think that that's always on the table. Oh, okay. There's of course the old two point conversion, and then the field goal would get you there. It's there's there's a world of uh, myriad number of ways. Yeah, there's a world of opportunity here for Arizona State to get 25 points, and nobody loves to have 25 points. More if, than if Arizona your guy, State does. If you're a guy playing like football squares or whatever for the Super Bowl and you're picking with anything with the number five on it, you have a literal baby's brain. <laughs> if, 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 you're, if anything five is selected early on, you should be arrested. What's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you doing? Why'd you pick five? What's, what's going on up there? Uh, all right, late night. For my money, this is the best slate because it has two of my favorite games of the week. Uh, I think there is one really good game here and two that are watchable enough that I can flip in the road commercial. Yeah, late night, Guantanamo Bay, Baylor at BYU, 10.15 p.m. on ESPN. This is great. This is a banger. We love this. We love everything about this. Um, 
I don't I don't have a ton to say. I'm just excited about this. I think this is going to be really fun. I'm I'm really interested to see both of these teams play. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little surprised at uh, BYU being favored here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you. Like, I mean, I, I think that they're a damn good football team, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I think Baylor is as well. And uh, again, not to talk gambling the whole time of the podcast, just but just some weird lines this week. Over under 53 and a half. I feel like these teams are going to score a lot of points. Um, yeah, Baylor, Baylor lost I mean, their whole secondary. And they're yeah. gonna, I know they're a great defense and all, but usually, but whole secondary is gone. They're going to throw the ball too on BYU. I don't know. Yeah, it, it seems like the BYU being favored thing is sort of, I would guess, tied pretty directly to returning production and to being at home. That is a tough place to play. Um, they will be fired up for this one. They will be fired up for a, a, a you know a matchup against what is Baylor top ten? I think they are. I think they're top ten. They might be ten. Um, but I, I I could I can understand it. I don't really have a great feel for who's going to win this game. I'm higher on BYU than you are, uh, and I, I but I also don't really think we've seen enough of Baylor to know what to expect from them because they played Albany last week and they beat the hell out of them. But it's Albany. Yeah. Um, Albany we, without Jared Verse, though. Yeah, it's it's this is Albany without Jared Verse, which is somehow this is even not your worse. older brother's Albany. Yeah, this yeah. is not the Albany of your childhood, where you remember Albany was beating the hell out of teams like Baylor. You know, <laughs> and Albany would come in. You already know what's going on. It was anybody, <laughs> anywhere, anytime. Albany you was going to beat that ass. And yellow all season. Yeah, you see that that Great Dane logo, and you know uh, it's it's over for you. Your ass is toast. They they've got you on a silver platter. It's done. Um, that Albany is gone now. That Jared Verse has has moved on to uh, to to Florida State. So Baylor beating a, he's a uh, dog. Yeah, a, a very uh, 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 you know. I just don't like to see Albany like this. They should be a national title contender like they used to be, and it's uh, it's very sad. Very sad to see what has become of that program. Um, <laughs> but I'm just I'm interested in this. I don't think I like I said I don't think I have a, a ton to say. I just think it's going to be a really fun football game. I'm excited to watch it. For sure. Um, the the most wanted slot here, you got Oregon State or Fresno State. Yeah, my boys. I, I don't really have a ton of thoughts this game, so I'll just let you take the wheel. I mean, I have some thoughts, but I mean, I, I know it's kind of your wheelhouse, so go ahead. Uh, Oregon State has a really good defensive secondary, and Fresno State has Jake Hayner. Um, I, that's good. That's really good. I like that a lot. I, I like the Fresno State passing game. I like that receiving core. Offense in general, I think, is going to be excellent this year. Defense was like very quietly top 20 in most categories last season. I don't think people really talked about that, but the defense was also really good at Fresno State last year. Kind of weird that they didn't do more than they did. Um, troubling, looking at Washington, troubling. Uh, but Fresno State I love. I, I have made my love for Fresno State this season very clear. I think that this is a very good football team. Right now they're my number one in the Mountain West by a pretty large margin they're the only one that has looked good to this point um and then Oregon State as well is a team that I'm in on very early in this season I've been I was impressed with what I saw from them this past weekend I really like their downfield passing game secondary like I mentioned we know that they run the hell out of the ball I think that they're going to be physical defensively I think that they present a really good challenge for this Fresno State passing attack specifically they have the cornerbacks to catch up with that sort of thing and to uh to force Jake Hayner to make tighter window throws, to force him to make the kind of plays that we know he can make, but it would be nice to see you know him do it across an entire game. We know he's done it before. He did it against UCLA last year. Um, I think if you liked the Fresno State UCLA game last year, this would be on your your like recommended. You know, if if you enjoyed that, you should watch this because I think it's going to be very similar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
I mean, I am really excited to see Hayner back just in general too. I mean, I mean, I know he's not going anywhere, but I'm excited to see him uh, playing again this season. He Jonathan Smith teams are he's fun. Yeah, he rocks. Just a fun guy. Jonathan Smith teams are always just like so infuriating to their opponents, which I appreciate deeply. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. And, and the final game here, by the way, also compelling: uh, Mississippi State mm-hmm. at Arizona, 11 p.m. FS1. Um, I'm not ready to say we were wrong about Arizona completely. Yeah, because. San Diego State maybe just didn't have their eye on the ball that week one, but Jacob Cowan looked impressive. I will say that. Yeah, I am also going to say I spent the entire offseason saying that San Diego State was like probably not going to be as good as people were saying. Um, I, I I'll yeah. I'm not afraid to to call back to that. Yeah, you you also did to a to a lesser extent, but no, um, it was mostly my idea, and you kind of copied me. Yeah, it's mostly your idea. Could you name a player on San Diego State for me, real quick? Yeah, no, I'm busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will later. Oh dude. man, was that? Is this, there's that that fellow. What which punts the ball real far, right? He's still good. Um, <laughs> they had uh, what's the the running back is Davis something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna look into that. We're gonna we're gonna start thinking about running back Davis something. Um, but uh, come on, come on. What's uh, you know his name? You got me. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know his name. I. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll don't. get into it later. We'll All get right. into it later. We're gonna we're gonna look into that further down the uh perhaps down the road we're gonna start to give that uh a little bit more consideration. Um but yeah, I, I get I mean I don't I don't know. I'm not ready to say that at all. I don't really think Arizona is very good. I, I think people are kind of doing the thing that they do every year in week one where a bad team plays better than they expect and they say, Oh, Jed Fish is getting it together. I don't know that he is. I kind of have a feeling here, not even kind of, I have a feeling here that Mississippi State is going to throttle these guys. I don't really think it's going to be competitive. That's going to be fun for me to watch personally because I like to see bad things happen to Jed Fish and people who love him. But uh, I I think Mississippi State's like a really solid football team, and I think Arizona has like two guys. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair enough. Um, I, I'm not really impressed by by Arizona broadly. I do think Jacob Cowing's interesting enough piece, like you said, and, and Jaden Delora, maybe they can get some explosive plays. But I think Mississippi State's a better team. They're a quality football team. Um, and I think they're actually pretty solid this year. I think I think they're they're not going to be a you know competitive team in the FC West, but they can win. They can, they're going to be a bull team, and I don't think Arizona is close to that. Yeah, I think the lesson probably from week one as well is not to pick against the SEC in non-conference Power 5 games. Um because they, yeah. I don't think they lost any of them. It's if my memory serves. We gotta stop doing that. Yeah, and um, stop doing that at some point. I think we're gonna maybe learn the lesson to stop doing. By the that. way, really quick, two other games I want to highlight that I think we missed in the in the late night slot, not or in the, rather in the evening slot, uh, mm-hmm. is Georgia Southern at Nebraska. Not that actually to be a good game, but they could lose this one. Come on, Nebraska's a capable to lose any game. They're must watch TV all season until they until they lose. Yeah, I, I said that last week and you you shat all over me and then I was right. Um well, I, I'm actually uh, I'm gonna be honest, I'm less confident in Georgia Southern than I am in North Dakota. I don't I mean Georgia Southern is trying to run the goddamn air raid with fucking Clay I was gonna say Clay Higgins. He's it's it, with Clay Higgins. <laughs> Clay Higgins is the football Clay coach Higgins. at Georgia Southern. He's trying to oh, run the goddamn air raid. I'm sick yeah, of those fucking guys. Work. And the other game, fuck those for, guys. For, I'm sick of that shit. It sucks. <laughs> Stop doing that. Run really the option. Quick, the the yeah, other game, the other game before we get out of here, Boston College at Virginia Tech. This is the exact game that Jeff Halfley wins. Yeah, he um, loves to he do this. A, he he loves to win this game. Where's this like at? A field, it's at Virginia Tech. He's a okay. field goal road dog. They're not going to be a bowl team. He's going to get a quote unquote tough road win early in the season. It's a quote unquote quality opponent. Yeah, that ends up being a team that doesn't make a bowl game. 
Uh, people are going to slobber all over that. They're going to say he's a great coach and he deserves to be promoted somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will win this game and they will also be a terrible team all year. Yeah. Yep. Talking about two non-bowl teams there, I think. Um, all right. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. Meet at midfield.com. Subscribe for the forum, for the posts, for the premium podcasts, of which we put out one on Monday. Yeah, people, the posts, they're rolling in. There's no other way to say it. The, the, the posts are... Uh, bountiful. We have lots of posts. We have the best posts. We love our posts. And we also, of course, love our troops. And the only way to support the troops, the only way to support the troops is through homefieldapparel.com with the code meet at midfield Mm -hmm. for 15% off. Um, We're going to need to get a code here from from them at some point to to echo uh, our support of the uh, the boys in green uh, across the nation. Um, something like stars and stripes, all, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. all caps or something like that, that, that gets you uh, 15% of your brain lost over two years. Um, that's, uh, that, that's something that we're going to look into here at some point. 